0: Battery Generation by Patrick Rosen and Leonard Peters. Brought to you by Celeste. This podcast is brought to you by the Helmholtz Institute Ulm and Celeste, the Center for Electrochemical Energy Storage, Ulm and Karlsruhe, Germany. Welcome to Battery Generation, your podcast on electromobility and European battery research. Leonard, good to see you. Good to see you too.
1: Well, everybody, welcome to the second episode of our show today we will talk about the most
0: valuable parts of uh, an electric vehicle the battery lots of people asked us to display the european market look at the latest numbers discuss the pros and the cons of uh, electric vehicles such as charging points range and safety issues and of course we cover the materials the new cell concepts and chemistries and recycling of batteries and before we start If you guys like what you hear, make sure to subscribe,
1: ring the bell, and give us a thumbs up. And as always, uh, if you have ideas or info, send us feedback, that's hello at batterygeneration.com. That's hello at batterygeneration.com.
0: Let's go, Patrick. Our guest is already in the room. It is uh, Professor Dr. Maximilian Fichtner. He's a German professor for solid state chemistry at the University of Ulm. He's the director of the Helmholtz Institute, Ulm. He's the spokesman for the research platform Celeste and also for Polis Cluster of Excellence. That's post lithium storage. Good morning, Professor. Good morning, everybody. Professor Fichtner, we both know each other. Fairly well. We talk regularly about uh, e mobility and battery materials on the German podcast Geladen. Um, When we first started our podcast back in October 2020, I think it was, um, there were not even 200,000 e vehicles on German roads. Um, Nowadays, we see more than 500,000 vehicles. What happened in these one and a half years?
2: Yeah, I think there has been a, a tremendous progress. Uh, If I remember correctly, the number of battery vehicles rose from 80,000 in 2019 over 130,000 in 2020 to now 310,000 battery electric vehicles, Um, uh, the plug-in hybrids um, are, in addition, they are typically 30,000 less. Uh, So this is a plus of 210%. uh, uh, But this is not everything. Also, the the, the production of battery cells um, has kind of encountered a turnaround, if you will. Um, While there had been a a great hesitation in the early and mid-2010s because Car companies were thinking that uh, this is not their core business. It cannot be. Yeah. There are, meanwhile, nine gigafactories planned or under construction uh, in Germany alone. Uh, this is this is quite unique in Europe, this development.
1: You're right. It's true. And and we can also see uh, that the commitment has changed with all these um, car manufacturers. But the question is, when I go out here on the street, I, I hear a lot of people that are still in Germany that are very skeptical that the e-vehicle will stay they say they say it's what's well, just a phase it's it'll go away why do you why do you think different or what's your take on it
2: another question is if it goes away uh by what would it be replaced yeah so this uh Brings up the question: What would be the alternative? Uh, and I think every future technology must be as efficient and as clean as possible, and also affordable. Yeah. And um, to my opinion, uh, and this is not only my opinion, uh, all the other options fall behind the uh, full electric drive. Uh, if, if you if you look at fuel cell vehicles or Combustion engines running on e-fuels, they are both based on, on hydrogen. And this hydrogen is currently coming from fossil resources. Uh, it's obtained by steam reforming of natural gas, which is methane. And the greenhouse gas footstep of such uh, machines is in the order of that of a diesel car. Yeah. And uh, I know that there have been concerns about the lithium technology because it needs uh, metals such as nickel or cobalt. Especially cobalt uh, was heavily criticized in the last years. Uh, but the cobalt content has been lowered every year in a battery. And and the first car fleets are already running without cobalt. And uh, of course, it, it is clear that the entire concept will only work if the materials are becoming part of a circular economy.
0: Yes, we, we'll talk about this, uh, Professor Fichtner. Let's first of all talk about the personal choice, um, why people uh, hesitate right now in purchasing an own vehicle. Uh, I brought a graphic uh, from three years ago with me. It says... Uh, More than 40% of the people um, that decide against an all-electric vehicle say the range is um, still not enough. Then there's another 40% saying it's too expensive, um, no place to charge, and um, there's also um, reasons for the overall battery life is too short, the reliability is not enough, um, safety issues... Nowadays, many people say the range is acceptable, but nevertheless, um, um, how far do I get with a fully charged electric vehicle? What what are the current ranges of these EVs? Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, you decide
2: uh, the range by your purse. Yeah. Um, depends on on which kind of battery you buy w- with your car and which. A uh, car you buy. Uh, if you are in the upper segment, uh, let's say in the range where, where hydrogen cars are also found, uh, you have driving ranges of 800 kilometers. Uh, this is um, not, not out of sight. And uh, what I notice is um, that many of these arguments have been true. Or were true Uh, a while ago, maybe five to ten years ago, there was this range anxiety, and people were concerned about the safety, yeah, And, and all these issues, and um. This is one of the reasons why I, I'm glad that we have such podcasts now because I think as a scientist, um, we haven't done a very good job in the past because we, we were so glad and, and happy about our our results um, that we kind of forgot uh, to communicate this to the public. Yeah, uh, Just two numbers. In the last 10 years, the battery price fell by 90% at the same time the capacity doubled yeah and this is something which is often not known and people are still uh, in these discussions of the early 2010s
1: do you think this is a trend that will continue uh because this is those are, those numbers are really really impressive i mean if this will continue i think in a couple of years it will be a no-brainer which car to buy yeah um i mean we can uh, Certainly, yes. <laughs> okay. Brief.
2: Um, uh, we can discuss that in detail, if you will. Uh, what, what is already, uh, I would say, in, 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 the, in, the, in the industrial development phase or, or in the pre-production. Um, I don't know whether we want to do that now. If not, we can we can do it, la- do it later.
0: Professor Fechner, um, just quickly summarize, what do you think um, is a real reason nowadays to not buy an electric vehicle?
2: Yeah, if people are afraid uh, of things like driving range too short, or um, some people also think that they always catch fire under certain circumstances, which is which can happen, but happens much more seldom than 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 with combustion engine driven cars. Yeah, uh, from the statistics, but. I think people are afraid to to change uh, um, to this technology, which is not known by them. Yeah, and also uh, many people don't want to change their habits. Uh, I think this is another important
0: issue. I mean, is it a reason, a real reason, that you have to charge this vehicle maybe once a week? Is it harder, in general, than to you know visit a gas station?
1: Let, let me give you an example, Patrick, because I think it's a good, good question. Because I've been talking with my, uh, sister recently because we are pooling a car and it's, it's phasing out. So we were thinking about, okay, if we're going to buy, um, maybe we'll go electric. And, um, then there's actually the, the issue. Like if you can't, if you don't have a charging point at home, you'll Absolutely. need to park it somewhere and then go back three hours later to repark it. Those kind of issues. Where do, you, where do you think do we stand currently? Because yeah. The car needs the backup yeah, system. Uh,
2: as as you as you mentioned, there are big differences. If you if you have a, a wall box at home, yeah, you park your car, plug in uh, um, your 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 wall box, and and then uh, go for sleep or, or <laughs> dinner or whatsoever, and your your charging time where you wait is zero. Virtually or one or uh, one minute or so, yeah because it uh, does it alone uh if you if you have to charge it somewhere, it depends very much uh on the kind of charging station that you have yeah and if if you go to a fast charger supercharger um this can be really fast, yeah? it, it goes in, in, in 15 minutes or so, 15-20 yeah? minutes um, and this is not uh, so critical. Uh, just a little story about that, a colleague of mine here um, uh, drives a Tesla Model 3 and um, he went to a conference in Copenhagen with it and I asked him, how did you do that? Uh, and he said, "Okay, he he, he rode with the charged uh, machine um, over the Rhineland, and, and then stopped somewhere at a supercharger of Tesla. And, and when 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 he when he sorted in in this parking lot, uh, the the car already opened the flap, and he just had to plug in the cable, and then went for a coffee." so you you don't have to wait in a line yeah and wait until the colleague in front of you uh, has prepared two lattes macchiatos for the customer and <laughs> so so, so you you're, you're just going to the coffee and he he said he was having a coffee and a croissant and then uh, his his charging app uh, uh made noise because he he was already uh finished and blocked uh, the the charging station and that uh, this is something where you have to pay fee in addition um and 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 this, this was after 20 minutes so, so.
0: professor Fichtner, let's now talk about the battery materials that are found inside a battery what kind of materials are used nowadays and what materials were maybe used three to five years ago. Has there been a change? Uh,
2: there, there has been a big change. I would say this is even how we say in Germany, a material dämmerung, uh, kind of a dawn. A dawning of, of new of, materials. Uh, it's a, dawn of materials, yeah. yeah. Uh, or twilight of materials, depending on how <laughs> you look at it. Um Yeah, um, um, maybe a look in the back. The first lithium-ion batteries, which were sold in the early 1990s, um, had a positive electrode which was made entirely of cobalt oxide. This was, by the way, uh, the invention which uh, led to a Nobel Prize, uh, uh, 2019. And and this is a, this is a a material which looks like a shelf. And in these spaces of the shelf, you can sort in the lithium. So, uh, But soon after that, it uh, became clear that cobalt is not a very optimal material. So already mm. in the 90s, efforts started uh, to replace cobalt because it's very expensive, it's toxic, and uh, in the last years, also other issues came up like uh, child labor in Congo, etc., this was actually not discussed in the 90s. There were other reasons. And then this was gradually replaced by uh, other elements like manganese and nickel. So that over the years, in the early 2000s, there was only 30% cobalt left. And then it was 20% and it was 10%. This is state of the art of the moment. Um, and and uh, the, te- the Tesla batteries, they have 2.8%. Uh, cobalt in, in in the in the positive electrode and now the first car fleets are already running without cobalt because there has been a change in the design of batteries which allows the integration of materials which have not been considered so far and this is this this breakthrough which has been achieved one or two years ago that the designers of batteries uh, um, made a, a big leap forward because um, they they were able to redesign the interior of a battery such that more active material can be integrated. Yeah. Uh, so far, in a battery, there's so much packaging and housing and stuff included that only 25% of the weight of a battery is really the storage material. Yeah? And this can be incre- increased by, by the new designs by, say, 30% or so. Yeah. That means also other materials which are basically great because they are very safe, they have uh, um, a sustainable composition, uh, they, are, they are cheap and, and long-lasting, uh, but were too light, uh, so too fluffy, so that they could not be integrated uh, in, a, in, a, in a battery in the past. They can now be considered. And, and the winner of this game at the moment is the iron phosphate. So this is a very abundant materials, non-toxic. You, basically, you can eat it. Yeah? And, and this is now uh, the cathode of future car fleets, or at least parts of them. Yeah, it is not the high-performance material, but there can be enough integrated in the battery so that you can have sufficient driving range. And then I, I was just talking about the cathode. Yeah, and then comes the anode. Uh, this is the, the 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 negative electrode, and there so far we have used another shelf. Uh, this has been graphite. Yeah. Graphite is the black stuff that you have uh, in, in, in pencils, for example, um, and and this is a layered substance where where the lithium can can crawl in uh, when the battery is charged, and and the problem is that the lithium by this process is pretty much diluted, and uh, the capacity is not so high. Uh, the 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 battery is safe by this uh, uh, electrode, but but it's it's it has not a very big capacity. And now um, people have found ways to replace that gradually uh, by silicon or silicon oxide compounds or a mixture of silicon oxide and uh, uh, porous carbons. And, and thereby you can uh, uh, boost the driving range by another 30 to 40%. Yeah. And this is coming now.
0: Right now... Um- not a single battery in electric vehicles um, uh, comes without lithium. How sustainable is um, the production of lithium in general?
2: Yeah, I think lithium together with cobalt have been these two candidates which have been criticized uh, most in the past. Um with cobalt we have another issue and that is that it runs empty if we continue to build our batteries in the way how we did in the past so there there is a, a huge pressure to go away from cobalt uh with lithium the situation is more relaxed uh i would say you know, according to the geologists uh, there should be lithium around for the next 60 to 70 years and of course this must also be recycled um, the, the the biggest criticism associated with lithium has been that in one of the regions where lithium is produced in Chile uh, in the uh, Atacama region where you have this salt lake um that the, the lithium production would consume a lot of water. Yeah. Um, just for explanation, lithium is produced uh, by pumping up the salt brine uh, from the sea onto the top of the salt crust of the sea, uh, uh, of the lake, and 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 then. Um, this is just evaporated by the sun, the water, yeah? and then the, the, the salts which are in this brine are gradually uh, precipitating. Yeah? And uh, among them is also lithium chloride, and, and this is collected, uh, and it must be washed, uh, and therefore you need fresh water. Yeah? And um, there have been protests uh, around uh, that this would lead to uh um um a lowering of the groundwater levels in these regions which is uh, already quite dry. Yeah. And um now the, the, the point is if if you look at the, the real numbers which can be obtained uh from the uh, Chilean uh Ministry of Mines um this is quite interesting there is some water consumptions, there's a contingent uh, which cannot be exceeded. And and this contingent uh, is, however, one of the lowest in this region. Yeah? It's, it's the same contingent as the hotels have uh, around this Atacama uh, uh, lake. Uh, and it's eight times lower than the contingent or that the water that is consumed by the neighboring copper mines. And if you ask scientists from this region, they say, okay, uh, lithium seems to make a contribution, but this is not our problem. They say, our problem is uh, named Chukikamata. And this is one of the biggest copper mines <laughs> in the world. And it produces 80 million tons of washed uh, 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 copper ore every year. Yeah? And this is the, the biggest problem. And if you look at the groundwater l- levels, they are in, in, indeed uh, sinking. Yeah? But since the 1960s, yeah? when when this copper production started...
0: This water discussion uh, has been going on for, for a long time. Indeed, uh, more um, tons of lithium nowadays don't even come from uh, South America. They come from Australia, right?
2: Yeah, there, there's a mineral called spodamine, and this is just mined in a regular mine. So it is sometimes changing year by year. Um, at the moment, I think it's, it's Australia which has the, the biggest share of, of the lithium.
0: Mm-hmm. Let's now change again from um, lithium-ion batteries to, well, let's say new cell chemistries that are on the horizon, uh, maybe solid-state chemistry. There's a lot of things that we get from the news. Professor Fichner, just uh, w- which kind of cell chemistries are maybe on the horizon for electric vehicles in 10 years, in 15 years? You name them.
2: Yeah, interestingly, people think often that uh, the solid-state battery is something different to, to a lithium battery. Uh, basically, it's the same principle. It's just that the, the liquid that we have at the moment between the electrodes, and this is the so-called electrolyte, which transports the iron forth and back, uh, that this is replaced by a solid substance yeah and uh, also the graphite is replaced uh, in the negative electrode is replaced by nothing, so so that you have the pure lithium undiluted on this electrode. Um, I think there has been uh, a lot of progress um uh, year over year, you hear or read that. Uh, um milestones have been reached, for example, by QuantumScape, which collaborates with Volkswagen, but also by other companies. So it, it looks a little bit as if they could be market ready in two or three years. Yeah. Um, whether or not they will be integrated in a car from the first moment on, I don't know. Yeah, we, we will see because this is another uh, issue um, to 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 change this entire system.
0: And what would you say? What are the advantages of this um, solid state battery? Is there even higher ranges to expect? Yeah, so
2: so so typically people expect uh, thirty to forty percent higher driving range. And this is because in the negative electrode this uh, voluminous uh, graphite is replaced um, or is just not used anymore and and lithium metal is used directly. So there you have the undiluted metal if you will and this saves you a lot of space and weight and this is why you get more active material into the battery.
1: You mentioned um, the circular economy before and, and we talked about the uh, extraction of materials, but now let's talk about undoing the battery. So where do we stand in, in, in terms of recycling? Because I feel a lot of listeners are um, also asking themselves, what, how am I harming or not harming the environment with current battery technologies? Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, the lifetime of a battery mean
2: nowadays is, um, let's say 2000 full cycles, um, until uh, the so-called end-of-life criterion has been reached. And this is the, the 80% uh, residual capacity. 2000 cycles of a 400-kilometer driving range battery means eight, 800,000 kilometers. Yeah. And then there may be even a so-called second life, where 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 you you take the battery out of the car and install it in a wind park or, or, or for, for photovoltaics, um, and there the conditions are not so harsh compared to to a car, and they can live another ten years or so. So uh, the majority of the of the uh, batteries are expected to come back to the recycling let's say, from the mid-2030s ni- uh, on, uh, 2035, 2040, there will be this gold rush uh, with recycling. Um, at the moment, of course, batteries are recycled already uh, uh, by the classical way. Uh, and this is, uh, if, if, if you, if you bring, bring a battery to the recycle, which you please do, um, then the battery is collected, it's shredded, yeah, and and the parts are um, are brought to a big furnace where they are molten, and then you get a block of molten metal out of that Uh, this contains all the heavy metals iron nickel cobalt manganese copper yeah and and then there is a a slag and this slag contains the 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 light metals such as aluminum uh, and lithium and and then you do the the reprocessing to recycle that stuff Um, this is, um, I would say, the standard method of recycling. Uh, currently, um, I think there is a bunch of companies which try to uh, find ways which are not so energy-intensive. Uh, this is um, you would take the battery back. It is opened by a robot. Yeah, uh, And then these these coated uh um, battery foils where where you have the active material on top there they' just sc- scratched off or scraped off, and this so-called black mass is collected and washed and and uh, redone uh, so so that it can be reused. This is uh the developments at the moment. Uh, I think they will probably have something in the next couple of years.
1: But just for clarification, if I get this big blob of, of heavy metal, can I in fact use it to build another battery or is that another issue which is still not quite solved? Like what do I do with this blob? Now you would would have to dissolve it.
2: Yeah. So, so you, you put it, I would say, in a chemical process. Um, where where the metals are diluted and separated again, and then uh, with these separated streams of metals, um, you do you produce the chemicals that you need uh, as storage materials for your battery. So this can so so from a from a bat- at the moment from a battery car that goes to the recycling uh, for the, from the entire car about thirty kilograms come back unrecycled. Uh, all the rest is, is recycled.
0: I think these sustainable uh, sustainability issues become more and more important to people that want to purchase an electric vehicle. Last question for you, uh, Professor Fichtner. Um, do we even have enough green electricity energy for feeding our future electric vehicles, uh, keeping in mind that this will scale up and we'll soon see millions of electric vehicles on German roads and European roads?
2: This is a very good question. Um, Yes and no is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes, because we already have now about 40% uh, green electricity in the grid. And already uh, with the current electricity mix, um, uh, electric vehicle is much more uh, green uh, than any other option. Uh, uh, So this is by a factor of... 6 or 7 um uh, less uh, with respect to the to the greenhouse gas, gas emission when it when it is running yeah um, and, and this is also true of, for, for battery vehicles versus hydrogen vehicles at the moment, because there's no green hydrogen, as I already mentioned. Um, so this is true at the moment. So you have an immediate greenhouse gas effect when you, uh, when, when you start driving an electric vehicle. And of course, it would be much better if in the future green electricity is used in 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 the uh, production of the materials for for the um, for the battery and the rest of the car and the production of the cells of the batteries, yeah. And if we if we get there, and to my knowledge, more or less all the the, the planned gigafactory plan to use at least a, a big part uh, uh, of their electricity consumption coming from from green green electricity and if if this is realized uh, then we are tre- tremendously better than any other option at the moment
0: okay so thank you very much for your time professor fichtner i hope this podcast could contribute to debunking these myths about electric vehicles thank you very much for these insights you provided
1: with all the changes going on in the material field, um, if I want to help the environment and I'm thinking about getting a new car, should I buy now? Or should I just wait like a little longer because so much is currently changing? What would you advise me? This is the same question people posed themselves
2: in the 1910s or 1920s, uh, whether they should buy such a vehicle now or later. Um, from my own experience driving an electric car is fun. Yeah, uh, it 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 is great because it's silent, it's 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 brute uh, when when you accelerate and 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 then you can can flow over over the hills and streets. Uh this is this is a great feeling and if you want to have it
1: buy it now maybe. <laughs> okay. Right. Thank you so much professor. Dear listeners, if you want to support us hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and give us a like. And as always, if you know any industry experts that you think we should talk to, um, give us a call, um, write us an email at hello at batterygeneration.com. That's hello at batterygeneration.com. Or send us a message via Twitter on Celeste18 or Helmholtz Ulm.
0: Thank you so much, Professor Fischner, for your time. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank Ciao. you. Bye-bye. <laughs> This podcast is also supported by the Karlsruhe Institute of Technology, Ulm University, the German Aerospace Center and the Center for Solar Energy and Hydrogen Research Baden-Württemberg.